Have you ever looked at somebody and thought, how did they get here? And now I'm not talking about what kind of vehicle they showed up in. I mean, truly looked at somebody and been really intrigued about their story. You know, what made them into the person they are today? Who influenced them? And and what roads did they travel to get to where they are today? If so, you're going to want to stay tuned for episode one of the Cowgirl Confessions podcast. Hey, y'all, and welcome. You're listening to the Cowgirl Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Dakota Dawn Johnson, small town cowgirl with Southern roots, blazing a trail as a Midwest ranch wife, mama, and businesswoman. The mission of Cowgirl Confessions is to share the wonderfully wild and Western life stories of cowgirls from all walks of life. We'll talk about the highs, the lows, and everything in between when it comes to navigating careers, cowboys, kids, and cattle. Legendary cowgirl Dale Evans said it best, Cowgirl is a pioneer spirit, a special brand of American courage. The cowgirl faces life head on, lives by her own lights, and makes no excuses. Cowgirls take stands, they speak up, they defend the things they hold dear. A cowgirl might be a rancher, a barrel racer, a bull rider, or an actress, but she's just as likely to be a checker at the local Winn-Dixie, a full-time mother, a banker, an attorney, or an astronaut. If you're into wet saddle blankets, talks with God, buckets full of laughter, and the life lessons learned in the process, kick off your boots and settle in. I pray these stories encourage, empower, and give you just the leg up you need. Here's to embracing the cowgirl state of mind, no matter how wild and western life may get along the way. Hi friends, thank you for being here for the first official episode of the Cowgirl Confessions podcast. It feels surreal to even say that out loud. Um... But I'm so excited to finally be sharing this with you guys. And I'm going to be honest, I put together a script and and I really kind of believe in scripts because I want to make the most of our time together and be really efficient and not fumble over my words. And scripts can absolutely be heartfelt, even when they're pre-written. But after working on this script for tonight's episode, I just decided um, I took it as kind of a God wink and him encouraging me to just step out here and share my heart without a script because no matter how many times I edit it to try to get it just right, it didn't feel right. So here I am coming to you perfectly imperfect and bear with me and just give me some grace if there's excessive ums or a little bit of fumbling tonight because... I just want to share with you a little bit, um, you know, of my personal story, but mainly what, you know, is on my heart and why I started this podcast. I really hope that each time you hear an episode of the Cowgirl Confessions podcast, you feel like you're just sitting in the barn, um, having a cup of coffee in your thermos or your Yeti with an old friend. Um, or maybe it's, Hey, we're, we're trying to oil some saddles or whatever it is that it's just easy. Everything about it's easy and, um, you're comfortable. You can kick your boots off. It doesn't matter if you got holes in your socks. Like I just want you to come as you are. Cause I can assure you 
that's how I'm going to show up for you. And and that's how our guests are going to show up. Um, I'm really excited about you getting to meet each and every woman that will be on the podcast. Um, but first, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself in case we haven't had the opportunity to meet yet. My name's Dakota. I'm 33 years old and reside in Mound City, Kansas with my husband, Tyler, and our little boy, Monroe. We have a feeder calf operation, and then I am actually a sales rep for Ariad International. And so um, a lot of moving parts in our day-to-day life. I travel a lot, and um, through all of that, I what I love the most about, um, you know, my job is that I get to meet a lot of really incredible people. Now, this is the part where I probably should and, and I could list off a long list of accomplishments and all the things that I've done and kind of what I've been known for in the Western industry and just kind of life in general. And while I will do that at some point and, and I could list all those off right now um, and all the wonderful things that I've gotten to do the, the common denominator in each one of those experiences, whether it was serving as Miss Rodeo USA or working in the press room at the NFR as well as being a flag girl there or being the women's breakaway roping director for the IPRA and making the IFR the first year they had the breakaway roping. Whatever I've had the opportunity to do, the common denominator in every single one of those that has really made it worthwhile has been the people. It's been the people that I met and I was in proximity to because of what I was getting to do that, that really made those moments special and something worth remembering and even telling about. And just all the life lessons learned in the process, it, it all boils down to, to people and their stories, which helped me make my own stories that are worth telling in my mind anyway. Um, so I, I just want to, you know, take a minute to say when I think of who I am and, and really what I want to be known for, it's, it's not necessarily all of the things. Um, while yes, I'm really proud and I worked super hard to accomplish the goals and dreams that I have so far in my life, you know, that, that's not who I am. Those things don't define me. Just like whatever you've accomplished doesn't necessarily define you. And so when I really dig deep and think about it, I want to be known as a storyteller, a way maker, and just overall a purveyor of purpose. And this podcast is is allowing me to build a platform, what I hope will be a platform for a, a community of women to come together that really share that cowgirl state of mind that embody, you know, working hard and believing in yourself and encouraging others and, you know, believe in, you know, giving, lending a hand, but, but not a handout, if you will. And, um, just the process, what, what you learn along the way and, that is what my goal is for this podcast is to connect women from all walks of life and and put us in proximity with each other because what i've realized is as i've gotten you know older and and life happens 
we all have responsibilities that don't really allow us to, you know, necessarily catch up with friends as much as we'd like, or even be geographically located close enough to where you can meet for coffee with that friend. So in my mind, this podcast can be that, you know, we can all get together and hang out, whether we're driving down the road, um, checking fence in the saddle or, um, you know, washing dishes, whatever it might be, this is our time to catch up just like old new friends. Now, I've probably been accused as a child of being nosy. Um, Heck, I might even still be accused of that as an adult. Uh, People just don't say it to my face anymore. Um, But for as long as I can remember, I've just always enjoyed people and getting to hear their stories. One of my earliest memories was as a little girl, my grandma, she was retired from being a hairdresser, had sold her salon, but she'd still have ladies come to her house and she'd fix their hair there. She had a um, one of those chairs that you'd sit under and everything in the dining room tucked off in the corner. And so, you know, I remember coming in and I'd sort out all the Velcro rollers in her tubs by the colors they were and hand her the, you know, the pins to where she could... Um, you know, or clips, I guess they weren't pins, but clips to where she could clip those uh, Velcro rollers into the lady's hair and, you know, ask them how their grandkids are or their dog. I mean, you know, I was little, like early, early memories of doing this. And then it just carried over into um, the other side of my family. My grandparents opened a restaurant when I was nine years old. And, um, you know, for those first few years, I'm sure I was in the way more than I helped. But I learned how to do everything from, you know, bussing tables to washing dishes, serving food, counting money. And and by the time I was 12, 13 years old, I feel like I probably started pulling my weight at that point. And they really could depend on me um, to help get the job done. And I don't know many uh, preteens or even teenagers or adults that, that can say they love getting up early on a Saturday morning, but... My favorite day of the week getting to go work was on Saturday mornings because I would get up and go work the breakfast shift and the restaurant opened at six, which meant if you were going to work, you had to be there no later than 530 just to kind of get your stuff around. And um, so, yeah, I'd and I love going because that's when the best storytelling happened. There was a sign that hung by the front table, which is it's like three tables pushed together, made this one long table to where 10 or 12 people could sit there and that's where all the folks would come in in the mornings men and women and you know there was a sign that said we'll trade coffee for gossip and it just always tickled me because you know what and there was probably well there was there was some gossip that went on for sure Um, but in the same breath like there was so much good that came out of those conversations and relationships and, and friendships were born and I I love that. I love getting to be a part of all of those stories and getting to know those people and and them getting to know me in return. And I've just always, always valued stories. And throughout life, I've realized how powerful somebody's story really can be because I feel like I learn, I know that I do, I learn best from stories. And whether it's, 
my own experience and then I'm talking about it and I go, okay, what did I learn from this? What can I take from this and do better next time? Or learning from somebody that's right in front of me, that's just a few steps ahead of me that can help me turn decades into days, as Tony Robbins would say, by learning from them and their mistakes or maybe what they did right that I want to execute as well. And so to give you just some real hard um, facts on what, how this podcast really came to be, okay, Um, back at the end of December 2019, I made a shift, a very small change that snowballed into this podcast, basically. And I won't, I won't bore you with all the details, but I feel like this part's important because it wasn't like I just had this very clear idea of I was going to make a podcast and this is what it was going to be about. And I just, that, that wasn't the story for me. It happened with this one small change of not renewing my SiriusXM subscription. And I, I know that sounds silly, but I had just decided like at the end of December that for 2020, I'd, I wanted to make a shift and I just had something kind of stirring inside of me. I don't know any other way to describe it. And I decided that with all the drive time I have, I wasn't going to um, just listen to Prime Country basically when I was driving anymore. And hey, I love Sirius XM. Don't have a problem in the world with it. But I was in my truck for hours, still do drive for hours some days. And I wasn't necessarily consuming anything that was teaching me. Um, Now I can sing a mean Delta Dawn. And you know, for those of you who have heard me karaoke that God bless you that you still show up and listen and clap sometimes. But anyway, um, I didn't renew that Sirius XM subscription. And that, you know, starting in January 2020. Then fast forward to March, I invested in a um, course that was led by uh, Jenna Kutcher, Dean Graziosi, and Tony Robbins. It was called the Knowledge Broker Blueprint. And that happened literally the week that COVID was a thing. Um, And I remember talking to my husband and, you know, we had talked for about a week about me wanting to invest in this course and how it probably wasn't the right time. And then I was getting ready to get on the road and we talked about it one more time. And he said, you know, I trust you. If this is something that you feel like you need to do and it's really going to, um, you know, kind of settle that stirring or help you figure out what that is, I trust you to do it. And I said, okay. And I said, I'm going to think about it some more. I had until midnight that night to sign up and, you know, at like 1130 last minute, I do it. I, you know, give my credit card information and and I'm entered for, for lack of a better term. And for the next seven weeks, I was fully immersed in just mindset strategies and keeping a positive mindset. And I never imagined how valuable and life-changing that course would be and the timing being just spot on because for the next nine weeks I was stuck at home and couldn't do my job the way I had always done it in the past much like many of you I'm sure you know our the world as we know it changed 
And, um, and it still hadn't gotten back to what our normal was. And it may not ever, you know, we're all figuring out this new normal and, and trying to embrace it the best we can. And so, um, you know, just through that whole process, taking that course and then choosing to continue to surround myself, um, with things that are going to make me, you know, add to my life, add value, you know, I just really made sure whatever I'm looking at and consuming, it's something that is adding to my life and not taking away from it and being very intentional in what I'm investing my time into. And uh, they really talked about the importance of storytelling. And I finally felt like I, I was surrounded, if you will, even though I haven't ever met any of these people in person that I was taking the course with, there was this community of us on Facebook that I just felt like I was surrounded by other people that finally understood my need to ask questions and love for storytelling. Now, um, not a story for a story, but kind of in a way. One of the things they talked about is how everybody probably has like that one moment, you know, as a child that they can go back and say, oh, this time this happened and something that they learned from it, you know, whether it was a parent trying to teach them a lesson or just anything like that. And uh, absolutely. So the first thing that came to my mind when they're asking us to think about that and wanting us to journal about it and what we learned and how we tell it and was we had been at church and I couldn't have been, I couldn't have been seven years old. And you guys, the way that I recall how old I might've been back then is because there's five years between me and my middle brother. And I remember him being in a car seat still then, and he hadn't graduated to the yellow pages phone book sitting in the middle of the truck. Cause you know, back then you could kind of still get away with that kind of stuff, even though you probably shouldn't. That was like kind of what you graduated up to. You went from the car seat to the booster seat being sitting on the yellow pages in the middle seat. He wasn't quite there yet. So, I mean, I couldn't have been, I couldn't have been seven years old. And I remember us leaving church one day and we had learned in Bible, you know, in our Bible class about, um, the basics, like you don't, cheat you don't steal you don't lie and I was talking to my mom about this when we left church she was asking me about it and so then just like a kid does I I asked her I said well mom have you ever stolen anything and even at that early of an age I remember thinking there's no way that she's going to say she did even if she did because grown-ups don't do things like that and they sure don't tell you if they did and um and I was so surprised whenever she said, well, yeah, I've, I've stolen something before. And, and I said, well, really? Like, what did you steal? I mean, I couldn't believe this. My mom was bad. She had done stole something. And, and she said, I stole a goat. And I, you know, it's just a lot to process <laughs> when, when you're a little kid and, imagining that your mom stole something. And, um, and I was like, well, well, why did you steal the goat? And to shorten this up and I'm not the fastest at storytelling, but I sure do enjoy it. Um, the, the short version is that she had stole this goat 
that have been out at Fisher Farms. Any of you that might be listening to this that were good friends of my mom's and grew up with her out at Fisher Farms in Montgomery, Alabama, you might have you might have been the ones that were upset when the goat went missing. You might have been the ones to help her steal the goat. I'm not sure. But nonetheless, my mom stole this goat because he was like the pet out at Fisher Farms. And she had gotten wind that um, the people that owned the goat were going to barbecue him for Fourth of July. And so she just couldn't let that happen. So there were some people that were sorely disappointed come 4th of July because there was no goat barbecue. And um, and I just couldn't get over that she actually, what I remember the most about that is that she was honest with me and and just said, yeah, I did. And, and she told me, she said, you know, it wasn't the right thing to do. But sometimes you make choices to do the wrong thing because... You don't agree with what's happening. And uh, it's just a really impactful moment for me as a little kid. And I've held on to that um, up into my adult years that, you know, sometimes what people may seem like or maybe how they're labeled if, if they had stolen something or um, just anything like that, like that doesn't necessarily define them. There, there's always a story there if you're just willing to listen. And if I hadn't have listened to the other part of my mom's story, I, I wouldn't, I would have missed a really big lesson. Um, so you guys, thanks for hanging out with me today and just really being a part of what I hope is something that's going to bless each and every person when they listen to this podcast. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it is really easy for me as hard as I try to get hung up in what people think or might say. And the one thing I keep going back to that really brings me to my center is thinking about Colossians 3.23. And, you know, in short, it's work as if you're working for the Lord and not for men. And that is what has given me the courage to step out here and do this. And I hope that that verse, um, it can give you the courage to step out there and do whatever you've been sitting on the fence about. It'll give you the courage to step out there and do it too.